This is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello! Welcome to the Libro Cube. Uh, my name is George. <laughs> my name is Jordan Maywood. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Somehow screwed up my own name. Oh god. Is that a sign of what's gonna happen in this episode? Let's hope not. I am the lackadaisical Libro Cubicalist. Today, my friends, is. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. I was about to redo. A book Wednesday that I did on my way into work this morning. Okay, so where do I want to be? Okay, today is not book Wednesday, like I was about to... This is just a horrible, horrible beginning. But uh, that could be an amusing as well, uh, I assume. Scott Ackerman, host of Comedy Bang Bang, quite often fucks up. And rather than edit that out, he'll leave it in and make fun of himself like I have done here. What an idiot. It's for video games day is what it is, you idiot. God. So, with that being said correctly, I should say, as I do at the top of just about every show, that there will be spoilers. I am going to spoil the bejesus out of this video game or games, depending on how this works out. Mm-hmm. No ifs, no ands, no buts about it. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that, if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No. That is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what helps podcasts catch like a virus. Like an STD, even. Yeah. Like one of those. So that will take us into our last piece of podcast-related business. And it is a business, is it not? Raking in the dough with all these sponsors. A new sponsor every day. I must be loaded by now, right? All right. Today's sponsor is the Ro- Rosetta Stone Simlish ed- Edition. Mm. Once again, today's sponsor is the Rosetta Stone Simlish Edition. Simlish Edition? It's hard to say. We need a Rosetta Stone just to say Simlish Edition. Jesus. Jesus Christ. I don't know what is wrong with me today. I'm just hocking up left, right, and center. Today I have one game, perhaps two games. Um, I don't know how this is going to work out. I may just split these two games into two separate episodes, kind of playing it by year on the seat of our pants. Oh, God. On the edge of our seats, I mean. What the fuck? 
probably it is in my best interest to split this monstrosity apart from anything else that might happen in the future. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see. The first game I have is one titled Brothers, colon, and not Brothers, colon, because that's a stupid title, but Brothers and then a colon, followed by words after said colon, words are A Tale of Two Sons. You may have heard of this game if, like me, you are a PlayStation owner, and more specifically, a PlayStation Plus member, you will have gotten this game for free. <laughs> this was a free game. PlayStation Plus members lately have been friggin' living in a land of plenty like I have never seen before. It's almost every, well, literally it is every single week they will give us a free game, but the sort of caliber of the games they are giving us is just up and up and up and up, and uh, I'm thoroughly impressed. I haven't purchased a game in a while just for the reason that uh, every week a new game has come out that has been super, super amazing and I've really enjoyed. So, my God, if you have a PlayStation and are not a PlayStation Plus member, you're a madman. And I like you for the reason that you're a madman and I like, you know, crazy people. But don't be crazy in that regard. Please. This is a... The, the, the critics of video games have touted, yeah, touted, why not? I don't, I don't get to use that word very often. Have touted that this is one of the, the best games to come along in a long time. And uh, I can see critics saying that for the reason that critics quite often like to give high praise to games that are artistic. And this definitely falls into that category. It is unlike a lot of games in that it is evoking very, very strong emotions. Uh, I think at some points it's doing it a little blatantly and a little obviously, but considering this is a video game that I always find video games quite often lack in subtlety, uh, I will say overall they do a very, very good job. Uh, I, did I? I'm trying to think. I don't think, and I genuinely do not remember, and it could have gone either way, I don't think at the end of this game I shed a tear, although possibly I did. Anyways, I would not be surprised if you did for the reason that this game is aiming almost throughout its entirety to make you cry at the end of it. It's almost as if that is its main goal. And perhaps that's why I think the possibility exists that I did not for the reason that it was sort of hitting you over the head with it over the course of the game. The story starts out where uh, you and your brother take your sick father to the hospital. This is taking place in a sort of Middle Ages type, almost Tolkien-esque in a lot of ways, fantasy realm. That, that, sort, of ve that, that sort of feel to it. The uh, doctor says to you, <laughs> I say that for the reason that every time someone talks within this game, it's not actual factual words. It's just noises that are in another fake language. And uh, that right there is interesting in itself. That That is all is needed to get emotions and points across over the course of this game. People will ask your help. People will tell you where to find things. And... I suppose in, in, in that case, it's, it helps that they'll always point to where they want your help. So without the pointing, it might be a little little difficult to know what they're doing. Uh, that's actually a lot of the first part of the game, is the doctor says, 
although it doesn't actually say, uh, you have to go find this mystical tree and bring back some of its uh, water, some of its essence, and that will heal your father. Otherwise, he will die. And uh, at this point, I should mention, your mother is already dead. So uh, heaping on sadness on sadness there, basically. You see where this game's going kind of right off the bat. Uh, you are a older brother and a younger brother. Each has kind of certain abilities. Most of it usually comes in the form that the brother, the older brother is a little bit stronger, so he can perhaps pull levers that the younger cannot. The younger, because he is smaller, can fit through certain areas that the older cannot. Uh, on that note, you are controlling these two brothers in a very, very interesting way. One controlled with one thumbstick and one with the other, which is unlike any game I have ever played for before. So for that alone, I get very, very high marks. Oh, speaking of marks, so I do not forget, as is my want sometimes to do, if I don't uh, write when I remember to do so, I'm going to go 5 out of 5. Yeah, this is a, it, it is an incredible game. It's not as good as, say, The Last of Us in terms of evoking emotion. But, interesting, never really done before gameplay, that also was in Last of Us to some degree, mixed with this story, it, it, it definitely tries to pull you in, and for the most part it succeeds, it's just the trying that sometimes causes you not to be pulled in. I, I find, I find, I like a little subtlety. Anyways, what was I saying? Uh, yes, so, I think that controlling of the two brothers helps to make you care about them more. Hmm. How about that for a little deep thought? The fact that one thumb is one brother and one thumb is the other, kind of a very interesting idea. And uh, you'd think with such sort of simple mechanics throughout the course of an entire game, you might uh, get, get bored of it. But they use this in such unique ways that it, it always feels fresh, and, and uh, that right there is surprising and is worthy of high marks, the fact that you always feel like something new is around the corner. You always feel like the way in which you control these brothers and interact with the world is going to be different from from next from one moment to the next. Just an incredible feat to do that. Uh, made easier, I suppose, by the fact that this is not a very long game. Like, I, I beat it in in a day. Which, when you compare, say, watching a movie, that's, uh, let's even go a longish movie, two-hour movie, whereas this took, uh, I don't know, like five, six hours, somewhere, I think, in that, if I do recall, but don't quote me on that. And the fact that I got it for free, no less, means that I had five or six hours of quality entertainment for free. Oh, man. The land of plenty, my friends. The land of plenty. Uh, I just realized that I've basically not even read my notes at all. So that's, uh, that's I think, perhaps a testament as well for how good this game is. But now, I will glance at my notes. Yeah, I think I mentioned already that a lot of the early gameplay involves uh, you're in this town and working your way outwards and basically just asking people, hey, do you know where this is? And then because the doctor gave me a scroll with a picture of this magical, mystical tree. I'll show it to people, and then they'll point and usually say a little and then I'll head on my way again. Eventually, I come across a super sad troll. Oh, 
Well, I, I don't know that he's a troll per se. He just has many troll-like features and is sort of gigantic compared to me and my brother. Um, that's a cool part and involved, we learn eventually, helping save his uh, wife, I guess we'll say, wife or sister, uh, we don't really know and it doesn't really matter, helping save one of his troll friends, who is a female troll. The reason I say that was a cool section is because it all had to do with traveling through, uh, I guess what turned out to be mines, and it had a very, very uh, close feel to the mines of Moria. In the Tolkien, which I've already pointed out, Tolkien-esque, in, um, in The Lord of the Rings, both in look and that sort of vibe of, of deep underground, and occasionally hear uh, some of these captured trolls mining away. Held in capture by evil giant orcs? Eh. Again, uh, it never says these are orcs and these are trolls, and trolls within Tolkien are actually evil. Whereas these are not evil trolls, so I'm just sort of naming things with Tolkien-esque names that seem to fit just from the point of view of what they look like. Alright? Alright. Uh, we eventually make our way out of that. I do save the lady troll. You're welcome, lady troll. You're welcome, lady troll. Uh, we do a little paragliding, because I've got to reach this castle for some reason. I don't know, someone pointed at it, I guess. Uh, after that is a cool section in which I'm sort of wading through the aftermath of a giant battle. And when I say a giant battle, I just don't mean a battle that was sort of large in scope, although it was. I mean a battle in which giants were fighting. When I say giants, I am... my characters, these two brothers are basically the size of, say, one of the giant's fingers. And I have to sort of work my way through all of these dead ones. Basically, rivers running with blood. It gets very, very dark, this. Like, there's parts where I... Um, sort of solving puzzles. Puzzles where maybe... I remember one where I had to set off a giant crossbow that was sort of just lying on the ground. I guess a dead giant had dropped it. So I shot it, and then it went into the eye of one of these dead giants, and he fell out of the way so I could get by. Another sort of, in the similar vein, I knocked over one of these giants' axes that then cut off a leg of one of the dead giants that was in my way. Very, very interesting. Uh, from that, following the rivers of blood, quite literally, uh, I come across a tribe of people who are sacrificing a woman. I must save her. Uh, that had a very Indiana Jones feel, sort of a Kalima, Kalima, that sort of feel. Uh, that was cool to figure out my way of saving the girl. It involved covering myself and my brother in, in, uh, in blood, and then standing on top of each other's shoulders for the reason that we saw a picture of their god that looked like two people standing on one of each other, but red. So then they thought we were their god. We saved the girl from the sacrifice. Yay! We are good for doing that. We travel with her for quite a while. We avoid a uh, invisible, I don't know, frost giant, I guess. Invisible, abominable snowman. An invisible, abominable snowman we evade with, with her help. Thank you, girl. That is nice of you. You are such a nice girl. No, wait! 
you are not a nice girl, you traitorous bitch. She eventually gets us into, I guess, what is her lair, and uh, out of her human legs pops a spider. Yes, she's a spider lady, which again, very, very Tolkien-esque, sort of Shelob-like. Shelob-like. I don't think that's something I ever thought I would say before, but it, it had that feel to it. Very, very much so. Eventually, I uh, pull off all her legs, as you do. That was kind of a cool battle. Uh, the younger brother was trapped in a globe of web, basically like a giant ball full of made out of web that I could kind of run around in. So then I would use this ball to my advantage by hitting the spider lady where she would fall on her back. And then the older brother, who the spider lady was basically trying to kill this whole time, would uh, grab a hold of her legs and then pull them off one by one. See, again, very, very dark. Eventually, I do make my way to this tree of life. However, just prior to doing so, this evil spider lady, in her sort of death throes, stabs the older brother in the gut. What the fuck? After I had saved her, too. thats I was kind of pissed off about that. Maybe she could, couldn't help herself. It was in her nature. But still, yeah, but still. Bitch. Anyways, uh, I try. That is, the younger brother tries. It's hard to, it's hard to get my freaking pronouns right. I keep saying I, but it could mean either the older or the younger. Anyways, I try, meaning the younger brother, to save the older brother with this sort of tree of life goodness. But it doesn't work, and he dies, and I dig a grave and bury him. Holy shit. So imagine traveling on this journey, just my brother and I, using our wits to conquer all, and then he dies, and I have to friggin' bury him. During that section, you're controlling the younger brother, and you have to carry... You have to drag your older brother to his grave, put him in, and then push dirt over top of him. The whole time this is happening, you're like, you're moving the character, but he's like moving super, super slow because he's like crying and, and, and just dragging his feet while he's doing it. Just fucked up. I can't believe. So that happens. And then this owl, cat, bird thing that I had saved earlier comes and takes me with some more of these tree of life juices. We go back to my father and a kind of interesting section there in which I'm controlling the other brother and my dead brother is not technically there. It's almost as if just his ghost is there who's helping me along. Mostly in the way of uh, the younger brother can't swim and is very scared of the water. So over the course of the, the whole game previous, whenever we had to cross water, I would sort of hop on my older brother's back and he would carry me across. So, in these sections, you would use the same mechanic. The brother wouldn't actually be there, but it would help the young brother across water. Very, very interesting. Very deep, actually, when you, when you think of that. <laughs> you know what I just sort of realized? Further Tolkien-esque is that stupid owl-cat-bird thing, very much like the eagles... In Lord of the in Lord of the Rings, or the uh, I believe they're called rocks. R O C. Uh, why didn't when I save this owl cat bird thing quite a bit previous to say, hey, I saved you, owl cat bird thing. Could you just fly me and my brother to this tree of life rather than uh, have to encounter the evil spider lady thing? Yeah, why didn't I do that? 
this game ends, and this is where it's kind of a little bit having that feel of hitting you over the head trying to elicit tears, which may or may not have worked, I don't remember. Uh, the book ends with me and my father, who was saved by this elixir, let's call it, standing over the graves of my mother and my brother. Yes. Uh, the father, and oh, maybe I did cry, because I think that might have got me, is the father just sort of breaks down and is uh, sobbing uncontrollably as the son sort of just looks on, heavy-hearted, heavy-faced. Oh, super depressing, yeah. But good, but good. Even just for the reason, did you ever think when you're playing friggin' Super Mario, back when you are a kid on your Nintendo, that you would play a game like this? Anything like this? I know I didn't. So, just for that reason alone, I give it a 5 out of 5, definitely. Folks, we did it! Yeah, uh, shit, I already hinted at that I don't know if that will be a full episode or not. We'll see, we'll see. I will say, right now, just in case, though, that it is nice to be nice to the nice. Now, the possibility exists that I will stop talking, and that will be the end of the episode. The possibility also exists that I'll talk about one more game. So, we'll see. Playing it by ear. Yeah, we are. Bloop! Nice to be nice to the nice. This is the middle of the podcast. Beautiful friend. This is middle. My only friend, the middle. Hello again. Yes, I have decided. So it is decreed that this will be a two-part episode with two games. Also, two sponsors. What? Yes, double sponsors. What does it mean? Well, it means I have. Two sponsors and twice the money rolling in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sponsor the second is the Mandarin Blood Dragon Festival. Oh, once again, today's second sponsor is the Mandarin Blood Dragon Festival. Festival? No, festival. Free Bloody Mary with purchase of. Dragon Chicken Balls. Lovely. Okay, so, uh, the game that I have now is more of a DLC situation. Although, I'm kind of curious. Uh, I don't think, very often, <laughs> uh, I, I kind of think that uh, this DLC can be purchased alone and you don't need the original game? Let me explain. I'm talking Far Cry Blood Dragon. And do you need Far Cry in order to purchase and play Far Cry uh, Blood Dragon? No. No, you do not. I have Far Cry 3, so it wasn't an issue. But if you don't, can you? I don't know. It's a, that's a question for the ages. Or I could just look up the answer. The other reason that I think it might stand alone is because, despite the fact that it has Far Cry in the title, it has really nothing to do with that series, other than basically, well, some of the basics, like how you control your character, and some of the tasks you perform, like, well, not even that, really. It's, it's very, very able to stand alone and stand by itself. 
<laughs> something that sort of blew me away <laughs> is the very, very first ha thing that happens in this in this game, as soon as you turned it on, is that uh, the city of Toronto, of which I live about a half hour north, is destroyed in a nuclear bomb, a nuclear explosion. So, <laughs> you know what I was thinking at first? That maybe somehow the uh, PlayStation knew where I was and then picked the closest city for its explosion, but it, it does sort of uh, mention it in the story as well, so I kind of don't think that's possible. But uh, you never know what's possible nowadays. Look at this. It's a podcast. Someone talking and then putting it on the internet and people are listening. Did you ever think that was going to happen back in the 90s? I know I didn't. I know I didn't. I was pretty high in the 90s, though, so maybe that's why. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, the character I play is a cyber commando. Sort of a little $6 million man-ish. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Again, something this game has become very, very famous for, and rightly so, is its sort of uh, 1980s action movie vibe. Very, very strong. And a sort of uh, quasi-futuristic feel as far as some of the technologies. It's, uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like what people from the 80s would think technology is like today, that sort of idea, and be be off just enough to be amusing. Another thing this very, very strongly reminded me of is the game Contra from, you guessed it, back in the 80s. Although they have done some Contra games since the, the original, I do believe. One thing uh, Contra did well is their crazy bad guys. And uh, other than, in this game, the Blood Dragons, which I suppose we'll get into, uh, most of the bad guys are pretty boring, just kind of human-looking. And I was a little disappointed with that, because Far Cry, the actual game, which I love, gave a 5 out of 5, got my Platinum Trophy in, really, really played the shit out of that. You're, you're only able to have so many different bad guys for the reason that it's taking place in reality. And even then... There was a part, or parts, was a partner parts, where you were um, on drugs, and then some of the bad guys got ridiculous, like a giant woman sort of thing. Whereas here, uh, because they're doing this in a sort of alternate universe, I think uh, it would have given them more freedom to explore crazier bad guys than just sort of humanoid ones. Huh? Meh. All of the uh, cutscenes in this game are very sort of, again, probably Contra style. Like, uh, just sort of 2D graphics on screen in a game where the actual gameplay is incredibly beautiful. And then do the cutscenes just really, really ugly and as if you were playing a game from the 80s. So uh, I do like it, and obviously they're going to save some money doing this way. Another thing that is sort of on par with those cutscene graphics is the acting. Now, this one thing I'm sort of debating in my mind is, uh, is the acting horrible? Well, no, that's not a question. Are the actors who are doing this acting trying to make it as horrible as possible? Or, no, that, that's got to be the case. The, the other scenario is that they're trying to do a good job with this material, which uh, <laughs> I don't think is, is likely, actually. Speaking of material... The story is just ridiculous, 1980s 
action movie fare, I guess you could call it. So that combined with the dialogue, it's got a, a, a very, very high cheese factor, just oozing cheese. The year is 2007. <laughs> uh, that's funny right there. Uh, my name is Rex. I already mentioned I'm a cyber commando. Mark IV. I was in a mission that went awry, I guess, and they had to rebuild me, sort of Robocop-like, I guess. I am awakened by Dr. Elizabeth Veronica Darling. <laughs> oh my god. She is uh, sort of the one who's talking in my ears, sort of my navvy, if you will, guiding me through my missions and what I have to accomplish. That sort of idea. Dr. Darling. Calling Dr. Darling. There is, with Dr. Darling, a eventual uh, sort of love interest develops between me and her. And eventually, we um, have sex, I suppose. That was... There's not a great amount of sex in video games, really, when you think about it, compared to, say, movies. Um, but when it does happen, it's, uh, you know, strange. This, though, is the strangest example of a sex scene in a video game that I have ever seen, ever. It, because it was a cutscene, took the form of that sort of 2D, uh, pixelated style. And uh, me and uh, Dr. Darling here, getting it on pretty good. You do see some boobs, if uh, 2D pixelated boobs or something that gets you going, hey, more power to you. <laughs> the strangeness came in the form of, and all that has been strange so far, the fact that... <laughs> I don't even know how to say this, so I, I guess I'll just say it. Dr. Darling, I think, was not having the best time and may have been in pain during some parts of it. Uh, a lot of it was, uh, and I can't believe I'm going to do this, in the form of when a little something like this, uh, yes, yes, no, 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 yes. <laughs> when you are having sex in a video game and the girl starts yelling no, and I'm not controlling this, I should mention, none of this is in my control, it's just happening on screen. I don't know what to think to that, but it's, uh, it's fucked up. It's, uh, uh, how about just, we'll underline it's fucked up and then leave that behind rather than me talk about it at all any further. Uh, I think that's probably our safest bet. Uh, one of, and usually, uh, I think my favorite missions, because there's, there's several mission types, probably my favorite are the liberating of bases. And this is something that you did in Far Cry 3, just because there are an incredible number of ways in which you can go about liberating these bases. You can do it sneaky, which uh, I tried very... Well, you know what? I, and for some reason, I think this came up in my Far Cry 3 uh, talk of how 90% of my base takings went. And that was I would start out doing it sneakily. Uh, eventually, I guess I would reach the point where being sneaky was um, getting difficult and I didn't have the patience to wait around. So then I'd go out uh, guns a-blazing once I was caught, because my sneakiness became stealthy speediness. And speediness and stealthiness don't go together. you got to kind of take your time and plan it out. There's uh, saving scientists. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I like saving scientists. Hunting. Uh, much less hunting in this than there was in the uh, Far Cry 3. And you're not really building anything. 
with the game that you capture, as you did in the first one. So uh, a lot of the things that were in Far Cry 3 have sort of been either dumbed down or taken away. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, let's talk about, now, Blood Dragons, because that's in the name of the title. A Blood Dragon is basically just a giant dragon. I, I don't know where the blood part comes in. I suppose it comes in, perhaps, that the sort of main bad guy of this has used the blood or essence or something from these dragons to make himself incredibly powerful. However, one of the side effects is that he's also pretty insane. So, insane, blood dragon infused, uh, also cyber commando bad guy. Makes for a tough, uh, a tough dude. Yeah, you don't really want to go up against him, basically. But you do, and you win. Because, well, this is your video game. Of course you're going to win. Duh, even. There's a section where I uh, travel to a alternate dimension to quote-unquote test my might. I don't really know why that was there, but it was fun. It was sort of had a very arena style to it, almost a Borderlands-like when you did any sort of arena fighting, which would pop up from time to time. A lot of that fighting, in fact, I think maybe all of it, you were fighting something called the Running Dead. Huh? A little play on the Walking Dead. Basically, some of these scientists had become infected with, I don't know, stuff that made them very angry and things. I don't know. They're kind of fast zombies, I guess you could say. Although not technically correct in terms of the word zombie. And they're sort of peppered throughout the world as well. They were pretty fast. Uh, like, you could not back up while running and shoot for very long before they captured you. Because quite often in games like this, the, the backup, running backwards while shooting at things, that usually can kill most things, most bad guys. But uh, these were slightly faster than you, so they would eventually catch up with you after a, a somewhat short distance. So, uh, you know what? I, I just sort of realized on that note, and I think, and kind of hope, that they put this amount of thought into these guys. And that is, if there's just one of them, you're, you're fine. You can back up. You can back up and run, and uh, you'll, you'll take him out no problem. If there's two, the second one may or may not get a shot in, depending on how well you, uh, you, you did with the first one. If there's three of them, the third one's going to get some licks in, regardless of how good you are. So I wonder if there was any planning to, to have it work out so perfectly like that. I hope there was, because that's a, a very, very smart idea. My reward for testing my might is a friggin' hand laser thing. My hand turns into a laser, basically. And I shoot that shit out and it blows people to bits. Uh, an interesting mechanic revolving around that is the shooting of this laser causes my health to go down. So it's as if my vital life forces are shooting out of my hand. So uh, you got to watch out for that. I never ran into a situation where uh, I found myself killing myself from shooting too much hand laser. Because you do have a shit ton of other very, very powerful guns that do get uh, upgraded over the course of the game. Uh, your character also upgrades as you level up. However, you have no control over what upgrades you get. It's just sort of, oh, you're this level? Okay, you get this now. Which uh, I like a little choice. It adds a bit of an RPG f flair to it when there's choice, but no choice. 
Okay, so uh, we come to the final showdown with the bad guy. His name is Sloan, I forgot to mention, and that's kind of a stupid name for a bad guy. I want, like, a, a Dirk Danger, or... No, that's more of a good guy's name. Uh, something with an X in it. Xavier Xanadu. Yeah. We're not going against Xavier Xanadu, are we? We are. Something like that. Uh... <laughs> fight with him is, uh, do you even fight him? I, I can't actually remember. Anyways, it turns out that after I first woke up with Dr. Darling from being uh, out of commission and then turned into the Cyber Commando, that my memories that I have within my brain were implanted there, and nothing I know is real, basically. The real me was destroyed in the accident. And all my memories are false. Whose memories do I have, you might ask? I have friggin' Sloan's. The bad guy's memories implanted in my brain. Which is why, when I try to point my laser at him and kill him, I cannot do so. Because there's something in me that won't let me. However, um, I ignore that and do it anyways. And kill him. The end. Or is it? Of course you have to have a, have a sort of or is it moment in a 1980s action style movie. It comes in the form of me and Dr. Darling sort of uh, arm in arm looking on at, I don't know, things, <laughs> whatever. And uh, she kind of turns to the camera. And keep in mind, this is all that sort of pixelated 2D Barely looks like human faces. <laughs> they do, I suppose. So that's not fair. Well, it's the look they're going for, so whatever. Turns to the camera, and then her eye, like, I, I think it glowed red a little bit. To indicate something evil. Because whenever you are in anything fictional and your eyes glow red, it means that you're evil in some way. <laughs> uh, rating. Oh, I almost forgot, and I'm almost at work. Uh, this thing was short. Oh, you know what I didn't mention as well? This also free. Yeah. Uh, was it free? Free or very, very cheap. On If you're a PlayStation member. I, I can't remember which. I think it was free, though. So uh, that's impressive as well. It, it was short. Like, again, this, this took me like a day to beat. And I mean beat. Like, I got every single collectible, um, every single story mission, every single... Not every single mission, just period. Uh, I did unlock every single base. So, you know, I, I did complete perhaps not 100%, but pretty, pretty close to 100%. So, doing that and still being short, I'd be upset if I paid full price, I think. But I didn't, so I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5. Yeah, uh, it, it's very fun. If you liked Far Cry 3, which I hope you did, you're going to like this. That's, uh, that's a liberal cube guarantee. Folks, I'm at work. So I will say, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait.
till the warm-up's underway Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.